Welcome to Kylie Mentors Moms, a podcast where you can feel empowered in your role as a business owner and a mother. I'm your host, Kylie Ann, a mom of three and wearer of all of the hats. Let's get started. Hello, my friends. Today we're talking about something that's very important and it comes up a lot when I'm coaching with women and that's on confidence. So we're going to talk about how knowing who you are can help a lot with being confident in yourself and I think it's huge like game changer and mind shift when we start doing things that are in alignment with who we are versus doing things in alignment with what everybody else wants us to be. So that's what we're going to dive into today and we're going to do it with Enneagrams. So I know there's a lot of different ways to get to know yourself. There's the 16 personalities test. There's, you know, you used to be like, I'm a red, I'm a yellow, I'm a blue, whatever. There's so many different personality tests and I'm not saying one is better than the other. But I've come to love Enneagrams because I think Enneagram is a very cool personality test where it doesn't just give you like a definitive like this is your box, right? It's like you have your core personality, your core desires, your core fears, but then like you have these wings and you have these lines and you can transform over here and you can become more healthy version of yourself and an unhealthy version of yourself and you can grow and you can go to stress and there's just so many different moving parts of it that even every person that's that Enneagram, like any, every, every Enneagram one is not the same as any other Enneagram one because there's so many different ways it can go. So I really love Enneagram. I think it's really easy to understand as well, especially once you kind of dive into it a little bit. And we've talked about it on here before, but I want to talk about it again because it keeps coming up for me when I'm coaching women that tell me specific things like, oh, I don't want to do this business anymore because I feel like um, it's taking away from my motherhood. And then I'm like, okay, well, let's, let's backtrack this because we, you've been saying this, you know, every time we have a coaching call. And the thing about it is you need, because you know your personality, you know what your personality needs, you know that staying at home all day with your kids is actually really hard and it becomes really challenging to be a good mother because you fall into, you know, a depressive state and whatever. And so like, if we look at it, what is your personality telling you is best? And it's like, it's not saying, you know, go to work nine to five, but it's saying you need other outlets. And so when we look instead of at what society thinks or what her mom thinks or what her husband thinks, and we look at what her personality needs, we can come up with a better game plan that's like, okay, you can still be the best mom you want to be, but being the best mom you want to be includes having you time, whether that's a business, whether that's a hobby, whether that's just a break in the day to go to Target, whatever it is, we're leaning into what her personality tells her she needs instead of what she's feeling guilty about because her mom was a stay-at-home mom or her husband expects her to be a stay-at-home mom or all these other different things. So that's just one example, but I work with women all the time where I see they're trying to fit into this box when they're a circle and they don't fit into the box because they're a circle. And so that's what we're going to dive into and it's going to be super fun. So knowing your Enneagram will help you understand yourself and others better. It's going to strengthen all of the relationships around you because as you learn what they are and what you are, you can learn how those two work together and how maybe they're, they don't agree on the same things. And so you can learn, okay, that's how they do it. That's how I do it. We agree to disagree. It's nothing to do with who's right or who's wrong. We're just different people. The Enneagram number tells you all about what motivates you and your hidden underlying desires. There are nine numbers, nine different personality types. And they're shaped by your core beliefs. Guys, it's super, super cool. And it's been around for forever, like years and years and years. It's just becoming more popular in the last couple of years. It's like an ancient personality 
test thing. So we're going to go through this. So every type has its share of bad and good traits. The Enneagram will help you learn how to become aware of and refine your bad traits. And the most important thing the Enneagram does is to help you recognize your strengths and the strengths of those around you. It's super exciting because you can start understanding the people in your life better, your team, your family, your your best friends, your neighbors. And for me, I no longer spend time fixated on how much someone frustrates me because I understand why they act the way they do. And I instead try to see their strengths and how they can enrich my own life with those strengths. So it's really, really, really cool. My sister often tells me that I'm annoying and I talk too much about the Enneagram. And one day she's like, dude, stop typing people. It's really annoying. And I said, I do it because, and I don't type people around everyone, but I'm really comfortable with my my sister. So I'm like, oh, I think she's doing that because she's a nine or I think she's doing that because she's a four. And I say stuff like that and it's like annoying to her. But I told her the other day, I was like, I know it's annoying. I get that I'm being annoying because I'm like always typing people and I'm always talking about Enneagrams and blah, blah, blah. But it helps me understand people in a different way. And so it's really, it's really valuable to me because it helps me take a step back and see why they're doing something and understand them instead of judging them for why they're doing that. And so instead of, you know, something, somebody does something and I say, oh, I think it's because they're seven instead of it's really annoying that they do that. And I feel like it's helped me kind of shift into like valuing people for who they are and their strengths. And I just really, really, really love the Enneagram. So let's dive into the Enneagram numbers. And I'm just going to um, share a brief overview of each one. You can dive into these and I'll, I'll tell you kind of how to do that in a minute, but it's going to be pretty brief. So an Enneagram one is known as the perfectionist. They need things to be a very specific way. They're, they're really self-critical. Nothing is ever good enough. They're just constantly like trying to do better, better, better. I am an Enneagram one. I love lists. I love systems. I love order. I love my house cleaned up. I love everything off the counters. I don't like clutter. I don't like clutter in the drawers. I'm often organizing closets on the weekend and drawers on the weekend. And um, when my house is out of order, I'm stressed. Ones can also be very controlling. And it also depends on the level of their health. Like if they're kind of unhealthy, they go more into this controlling state where they're like trying to control everything and everyone around them to be their system. When they're more healthy, they're more worried about their own systems being in control, but they don't necessarily care if things around them are combusting as long as like their stuff is in order. So I think about it in high school, obviously I didn't know I was an Enneagram one, but it was really funny because I shared a room with my sister and she was more messy and I was super clean. I had bought a broom for my room. We had hardwood floor and I would sweep my room every single day and I would push all of her stuff to the middle of the room. And as long as it wasn't crossing my line, I didn't care if her side of the room was a mess. Like I, it was like annoying to look at, but like it didn't stress me out. Like I couldn't do my homework or go to bed if my half wasn't clean. But on her side of the room, it could be super trashed and like all of her drawers open, all of her clothes out and I would be completely fine. So it's funny how one's think and work and you might think right now of someone in your life that's probably a one. Number twos are the helpers. They can't control themselves when they see somebody that needs help. They just jump right in. They dive right in. They're also people pleasers. They have a hard time saying no to people. They just love to serve and love to help out. And they're just really nice to have around. I have a friend and I typed her. So I don't know if she's actually a two, but I'm guessing she's a two. Every single time someone is in need, she is the first one there. 
when I was moving into my house, she was here until 11 o'clock. We didn't even know each other that well. She put my kids to bed. She put him in his jammies. She drove him around in the car because he wouldn't sleep in his new room. She helped me unpack my kitchen. Like, I barely know her. A couple months later, I see my friend going through a hard time. She's over there bringing her dinner every single night of the week, bringing her cookies. And my sister had her brain surgery and she was over there playing with her kids, taking her kids, bringing her food. My friend Mandy was just going through all the stuff she, and she said, I'm going to go heart attack her door today. I'm going to gather a group of friends. She is always the first one on the scene. She is the helper and she is amazing. Every Enneagram is amazing. I want to make that clear as I'm talking about each of these and giving examples. Every Enneagram is amazing and that's what's so cool about it is there's no bad Enneagram. Okay, so let's talk about threes. Threes are the achievers. They're the cheerleaders. They're driven. They love awards, attention, achievements, validation. They're go-getters. So if you have a friend that's like constantly redoing rooms in their house, every DIY project seems like they know how to do anything and everything under the sun. They can do any and every hobby. They are like, they can sew, they can paint, they can run. They're really good at the gym. They're really good at working out. They're really good at sports. They're really good at like they're writing a book. Like like three seriously are constantly doing. They're doers and they're constantly learning new skills. My twin sister is a three and she is literally always in like a different class, like a wreath making class and then a macrame class and then a pottery class and then you know she sews stuff and then she you know goes to the gym every day and then also like records 15 different classes in one day and she just is like constantly moving going 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 threes don't rest a lot they really just love to have a project and are constantly just action steps on that project um, and they like to do the things themselves a lot of times number fours are the individualists so they see themselves as unique and they feel their feelings the deepest. I have another sister that's a four. Actually, I have two sisters that are four. One of my sisters is a four wing three, and one of my sisters is a four wing five. And we'll talk about wings in a minute, but they're a little bit different. And that's what's cool about it is like they have their core that's similar, but then they lean different ways. So one of them is introverted and one of them is extroverted, which is super fun. So fours, I remember when my sister was in high school, she like would start like this really funky style and like she'd be like I start like I'm the only one who has a style and then other people would start wearing it and it would make her really mad and she'd stop wearing that style because she wanted to be different she wanted to be unique she didn't want to blend in with the crowd she wanted different clothes different hair different style she's also super deep like if she reads a book she doesn't just like read a book and put it down she like reads a book reads it again underlines things that stood out for her talks about it constantly to her friends calls you about it, constantly brings it up, draws analogy to other books, analyzes it. They don't just watch something or read something. They are in it. They are in it on a deep, deep level and they feel things super deeply. They feel their emotions deeply. They feel like when they watch a movie, it's a really deep emotions. Either they like really love it, really hate, they have like strong opinions on it. Fours are also like advocates, so they get really into causes that they're passionate about. So that's really fun. So fours are the individualists. Fives are the observers slash thinkers. So they're informationalists. Um, Knowledge is extremely valuable to them. They like to know everything and they do know everything. They put facts before feelings almost all of the time. Um, So my husband is a five and he is the kind of person that you want to go to if you are going to buy something because he's researched every single thing about it. 
He's read every review. He has looked at comparisons to other things and he knows his stuff. And the thing that I love about my husband, but also hate about my husband (laughs) is that he's always right. (laughs) If, you know, if he has an opinion on something, like it's so based on fact that it's almost always right. He like backs up all of his opinions with a lot, a lot of fact. And obviously some things are opinions, but like if he's going to tell you what's the best dishwasher to buy, what's the best bike to buy, what's the best whatever. He's already researched this for so long that I'm going to trust everything he says about it. And I usually don't question him. I, in the beginning, I questioned him a lot, but now that I know he's a five, I'm like, okay, I don't question you as much because I know that you like did your due diligence. So he is a thinker and he has a really analytical brain. Number sixes are known as the loyalists. They prep for everything Their food storage rooms are insane. Like they have every single thing that you could possibly need in a disaster. It's because they're always thinking of the worst case scenario. They kind of go to like worry a lot and anxiety, but they're also super loyal. Like they'll shop at the same place for years. They have the same friends for years and years. They're like, they don't move from one thing to another. They, They stick with it. They're loyal. So I have a neighbor that's a six and I love her so much because any single time one of our neighbors in the group text say, hey, does anyone have chicken stock? Or hey, does anyone have this random thing? Or like, (laughs) my neighbors had COVID last year. And they texted in a group message, hey, does anyone have a binky? And I had a binky because of the studio. We had like extra binkies. But she had a binky in her food storage. Like, I'm not even kidding you. She has everything you can think of. We're literally planning a group hang in the next few weeks to talk about food storage before the shortages hit because she is just amazing. Like, I went to Sam's Club last week and I spent a lot of money on food storage and I found out she already had a solid food storage and she even spent more than that. Like, I'm like, okay, I need to know everything because I want to be prepared and she is the most prepared person ever. Six can also go to worry and insecurity really easy. They can wonder like, what are people thinking of me? Or um, if they don't get validation, then they're feeling really insecure about what they did and they second guess themselves a lot. So it takes a lot for a six to become confident in themselves and not go to that like insecure mindset of like, oh, everyone's thinking this or if they don't say this validation to me, then they must not like me and things like that. So that's something to watch for with sixes, but sixes are great to have around. My husband is a five wing six, so his six wing comes out a lot. <laughs> it's funny because it's different things like than my neighbor. Like it, it, like sometimes it's about the food storage, but a lot of times it's about like our security. We have a security system. We have you know, guns and ammo and all this other things so he can feel secure. So sixes love to feel secure and I think that's why they're so loyal. So security looks different for every six. Rachel, our photographer, is a five-wing six as well and so when she goes to a photo shoot she has band-aids and first aid and blankets in her car and umbrellas and all the things she could possibly think of of something that could go wrong. When she first started, she like had letters to her client. Like, I think she still has this, but like, she's like, if I die, here's a file. And it's like a letter to my clients. It's my password. It's my, you know, where my keys are, all this different stuff so that she was prepared for like everything, which my brain doesn't go there. So it's really cool to like be inside of a six for a little bit. Sometimes being a mom and running a successful business seems impossible, but it doesn't have to be. I've been running a business while raising my family for nearly nine years, and I've learned some life hacks along the way. Take my free training to find out five mind-blowing systems I use to balance this crazy mom boss gig. You can find the link in the show notes below.
A seven is an adventurer. They are a party in a nutshell. They're spontaneous. They're driven by the desire to have fun. They love to have fun, be spontaneous, go with the flow. They don't like to be on like strict schedules or routines because it's too constricting to them. They feel like they're suffocating. They are just a really fun person to be around. They always are wanting people to be happy and to be light. They don't like going to heavy. They don't like going to negative. They don't like people feeling hard feelings like that. They just want everyone to just be light and have fun. One of my really best friends and photographer is a seven and she is one of the best people to be around because she's always like, oh, let's go do this. Let's go do this. Let's go do this. No care in the world. Just like one thing to another. She can just move through it. When I went to visit her in San Diego, she took me to one fun thing after another. Let's go paddleboarding. Let's go drink virgin strawberry daiquiris and then let's go shop these shops and then let's go eat at these food trucks. And we went from one thing to another and it was such a fun day. A one goes to a seven in growth. So when I go on vacation, I kind of turn into a seven and my control brain goes off for a minute and I can like let loose and have fun most of the time. Disneyland, not so much because I have to stay in that one. Like we have to hit all the things. We can't waste time. We have to be efficient. And sevens, they don't care about, like, they're just, like, they, I mean, I think they do schedule, but it's, like, a different type of schedule. Like, they want to fit as much fun into something as possible, but they don't want to feel constricted. So, as long as they're having fun, they don't care about the schedule. I mean, they, they don't care if they have a schedule as long as they're having fun. So, eights are the challengers, and a lot of people are afraid of challengers because they are not afraid to stand up for what they believe in really boldly. They love a challenge. They're great debaters. I have a cousin that's either an eight-wing seven or seven-wing eight. I can't remember, but she definitely has that eight in her, and what I love about that is she's not only willing to stand up for what she believes in, even when it's hard, like in this last political race, she had to make some strong opinions that were different than what her family was raised with, what her neighbors, her friends, everyone around her, and she's made those strong opinions, but she'll stand up for her family and her friends too. Eights are super loyal as well, and they stand up for everyone around them. They're, they don't just get mad for, like, if someone offends them, you know, they, they'll, they'll stand up for them, but they also, like, if someone offends their friend, then they'll also stand up for them. It's really cool to see. So, For example, my cousin and best friend growing up, she, like, if there was any conflict in the family, she would just go straight to the source, talk it out. There was probably some crying. They'd work it out and everyone come back together happy. She wouldn't just, like, sweep it under the rug or pretend it didn't happen or avoid that person or whatever. She would literally, like, okay, this cousin's being mean to this cousin. I'm going to go to the cousin that's being mean. We're going to have a heart-to-heart. We're going to cry. She's going to say sorry. We're going to come back to the group. Everyone's going to be friends again. (laughs) And this happened every time we were together. And it was cool. Now, you know, as an adult, as a mother, as a big sister, I've seen her do it. Like with her little sister, a guy crossed her and was, you know, being super horrible to one of her sisters. She called this guy and had a talk with him and like said, like, this is not okay. I do like, you cannot do this to my sister. And like, she'll stand up for the people in her life. She'll have those uncomfortable conversations, even though they're super, super uncomfortable because she is really passionate about standing up for what she believes in. And that includes standing up for what she believes in and who she believes in and who she loves. So that's really cool. Nines are the peacemakers. They avoid conflict at all costs. They're super, super chill, easygoing, go with the flow. 
Um, and they can be seen as like a pushover or as, or as lazy because they just really don't care. They genuinely don't care one way or another. They're not super like passionate one way. So these nines are funny because I wouldn't say they like try to make the peace, but they keep the peace by just being like super easygoing. I have a brother and two brother-in-laws that are nines. They are super easygoing. Like they're just people that you can just be around all the time because they're just so chill and so easygoing. And if you ask them to do something, they don't care at all. They'll just come do it. They're just like, but they're not going to like get up and do it for you. Like my brother, for example, like he's not going to like come over and like start doing my dishes and start cleaning my counters or whatever. But if I'm like, hey, can you go um, do the dishes? Like he'll just get up, do them go sit down like he doesn't care like he's just so chill he is so easy to have around he's like everyone's favorite because he's just so so easy going nines are the best I have two teammates that are nines and I love 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 nines because I can just like seriously pile so much work on them or like change the plan and they're just like oh it's no big deal like not no worries like they're so easy going with everyone and everything and that's really how you can describe them so what I want you to do is I want you to go through and think, okay, that kind of sounded like me. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I want you to like write the ones that sounded like you down. Hopefully from there you can be like, okay, I think this is me or maybe it's this. Maybe they're adjacent to each other. If they're adjacent to each other, then one is your core and then one is your wing. So your wing is kind of what you lean towards, but it's not your core. And it's going to be adjacent to your number. So you can be one wing two or one wing nine. You can be two wing one or two wing not um sorry two wing three you can be three wing two or three wing four if that makes sense so it's like a circle and you are going to choose a wing next to your core number so if you find that you seem like you might be two and they're adjacent to each other then you probably are both and you need to figure out which one's your core and which which one's your wing if you find that you might be two and they're not adjacent to each other, then it could be what you go to when you're stressed or what you go to in growth because that can make be, make things tricky too. So for now, what I want you to do is just to figure out what's your main number and then also figure out what your wing is. So you're going to just put some ideas down and then you're going to dive into those ones that you wrote down. So if you think, okay, I'm either a one or a three. Now you're going to go on Instagram and you're going to go to an Enneagram account. You're just going to type in Enneagram memes or Enneagram or whatever and you're going to find so many accounts and you're going to read all the different like memes and like charts people make about the Enneagrams because I feel like it really just puts it together for you like, oh yeah, I do that, I do that, I do that, I do that. Oh my gosh, this is totally me. It like, I never really thought of myself like that. And so it's really cool. So you're going to figure out what your main number is and then your wings. So once you figure out your main number, Look at the wings right next to you and see where you lean. You can be zero wings or you can be one wing or you can be two wings. I'm a, I think I'm a one wing nine more, but I also have some one wing two. So maybe it's equal. I don't know, but I'm definitely one wing nine and one wing two a little bit. So then after you figure out who you are and what your wing is, I want you to figure out not definitively, but what you think the three people closest to you are. So maybe it's your husband, your mom, your sister, whatever, and just try to kind of think and you can ask them to take the test, tell them about it, have them listen to the podcast. Because once you figure out the people around you, your relationships are going to grow and you're going to understand each other better. And the things that used to bug you about them now are just like the quirky things you can kind of tease them about or like you understand more. And it's amazing. So how does this work with confidence? Let's go, let's circle back to that 
question. So once you know who you are, like I said in the beginning, you stop living in a way that society wants you to live or your mom wants you to live or your sister wants you to live or your husband wants you to live and you start living how you need to live for your personality type for what your core desire is. So like I said earlier, when I was working with a seven, she was feeling some unfulfillment being at home all day with young kids because it felt really constricting and like she was kind of trapped and she didn't say that but I like I knew since she was a seven and since she didn't really feel fulfillment being a mother I'm like oh it's because of this it's probably because you feel trapped because you are tied down to different schedules and you can't go do the things that you used to do and so we worked through that a little bit and I said okay instead of looking at it like I don't like I feel like I'm not finding fulfillment so maybe I need to quit everything so I can focus more on this I'm like okay let's see how can you have your me time and your mom time and once we have your me time whether that's working or self-care or whatever you can find fulfillment in that and then when you're home as a mom you can just be home as a mom and you can have that balance of like stuff that drives my personality and stuff that you know that I want to find fulfillment in the other thing is maybe this season of life is just not as fulfilling as you thought it would be because it doesn't match what your core desires are your core desire is to always be moving and going and being spontaneous and have fun and that doesn't match the toddler and baby stage of life always unless you start bringing you know like you see those those moms that are like always traveling with their babies and they like live in an RV and whatever like those are probably all sevens that are like I can't be stuck in a house like we have to travel the world I don't care if my baby's two weeks old we're doing it obviously that's not the society norm but they've realized what they need and they're doing it so back to what I was saying a seven might not find fulfillment in this stage of life if they're trying to live like society's norms. I was just telling her a little bit about the big kid stage and how we could all go to Disneyland and we could all ride the rides and like we're constantly going places and we're constantly going to sports events and supporting friends and having friends over and I'm like you're going to find fulfillment in motherhood. Maybe this stage just isn't it and that's okay because if you're looking at it from your core desires and your your personality or Enneagram, you're looking at it from that perspective instead of society's perspective, it makes sense. And then you can just be confident like, okay, this might not be the most fulfilling, but how can I make it more fulfilling until we're in the next stage where I will find more fulfillment? And so that's what this whole podcast is about is figuring out, okay, I'm not a square, I'm a circle. So how can I fit my life into a circle instead of trying to fit my life into a square like everybody else? And the thing is, I feel like everybody else is also trying to fit into a square when they're not really a square. So we're all trying to match what society wants us to do when it's just one person that that mold fits. So we need to stop looking at the mold and start looking at ourselves, start looking at what's inside of us, start looking at our own Enneagram, our own core desires, our core fears, what fulfills us, what doesn't fulfill us. And as we know ourselves better and we lean into that and we accept that, as who we are instead of like, oh, this is hard. I want to change this about me. No, this is your core personality. Instead of changing this about yourself, let's change how you feel about yourself feeling that way, if that makes sense. My final question for you today is, are you doing what you feel like you should be doing, whether it's from society or your mom or your dad or your husband or your older siblings or your friends or your neighbors, or are you doing what is true to your own personality, your own strengths, your own purpose. Thank you for being here on the Kylie Mentors Moms podcast. If you have a friend that needs to hear this message, please share. Hang out with us daily at Kylie and Studios on Instagram and use the hashtag Kylie Mentors Moms.